So this is part one of a series called Better Relationships, and the whole point of this series is to explore and develop greater levels of health and of flourishing in our relationship with God, with other people, and with ourselves. And right out of the gate today, we are starting with the topic of self-care, of self-care. Now, uh, to, to me, up front, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit out of my depth here because this topic has become increasingly large. There's a lot of people talking about it, a lot of different pathways we could go down. And honestly, if you're like me, maybe even those words self-care uh, are a bit cringe to you. So here's, here's an illustration that I heard years ago that, that's actually really helped me understand life, but also why this topic especially is so important. If we were to picture our lives like a cup, when our cup is full, that represents health. We're, we're rested, we're at peace, we're at, in sync with God, and, and we're, we're thriving, we're flourishing in life. But here's the thing though, for each of us, there are things that drain our cup. Consider them like, like the holes in, in, in your life, things that, that draw from your energy so that you, know, you, might, you might have an experience uh, of feeling full, but you're also constantly having this experience of feeling drained. So what do we what do we do with that? And how do we talk about self-care when we're when we're living in a time where there is so much that does drain us? For for me, if I if I were to be honest and I look at the last year, what has drained me most, honestly, uh, is my is my phone. And and the reason for that, I, I've, as I've kind of analyzed this, is that when I'm on my phone, I am exposed to what other people have and to what other people think. And and why this has been so hard uh, over the past year, leading even into this year, is uh, the amount of disagreement and division in in relationships. It's, it's honestly, it's exhausted me. If I were to trace what has made me feel the lowest over, over this past year, it's, it's just the amount of disagreement and an argument that is out there. And, and none of us are, were unfamiliar with it. Like it wasn't like all of a sudden this started when we, when we entered a pandemic. But I think what was surprising wasn't that, oh, the people out there that are doing things that we believe are wrong or, or stupid are happening. No, it was, it was the people. And maybe you found this to be surprising as well. It was the people that were our friends or are our friends, people that we like that started to hold different perspectives than, than we ourselves would hold. Have you realized that the spectrum of, of opinion and, and what people value really started to be shown for what it was? And for me, I'm like, wow, there, there are a lot of people that, that, I, that I love that now I'm at odds with because we're seeing the amount of disagreement that's out there and, and really, um, this is just one aspect of how my phone has drained me. Like there's there's things I see that I don't have. There's places I see that I can't go. And, and this is just one aspect of, of a hole that is in my cup. And I was talking to some people this week, three, three separate conversations, and all of them, they felt drained. And, and the reason for their sense of drain was there were things that they were looking forward to that were taken away from them or were canceled because of maybe restrictions that we're experiencing. And it's like, well, you know, I, I had a getaway I was looking forward to. I had a visit that I was depending on. The, the New York Times, they, they, made, they made this post uh, this, this past week that people were really resonating with. And it was a, a word that they wanted to point people to that was describing this, this feeling of blah, like what are we going through? And it was the word languishing. And they said it's this, this void between depression and flourishing, that the absence 
of well-being. And they said, you know, this, this can dull our motivation, it can dull our focus, and their claim was, this might be the dominant emotion of 2021. So for, for reasons that are maybe obvious or maybe reasons we're unaware of, our cup gets drained. And it's why we want to start with this topic. Why, why talk about our personal health? Why talk about our well-being? Because as we enter a series on relationships, what we need to realize is that in every relationship you have and I have with God, with, with your boss, with your teacher, with your spouse, with your kids, with the barista at the local coffee shop you're supporting, all of them, you are bringing yourself to those places. And so it's very important that, that we understand what we are bringing to the relationships we have. Uh, one of the simple truths that I see around this topic is, is simply this, that when I am healthy, I bring health with me. One of, one of the most foundational passages on relationships, uh, maybe one of the most foundational in the Bible itself, is where Jesus is having a conversation with somebody in Matthew's gospel, describing what the greatest commandment is, the greatest thing that we could be doing in our lives. And, and it says this in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus says that you shall love the Lord your God. This is the great commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And all throughout the Bible, we see this reiterated. We get to 1 John 3, for example, and, and he hits on this again, but expanding on it to say, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So it wasn't just that Jesus said how to show love, it was that Jesus showed how, to, how, how love is, what, what God's love is towards us. And then get this, we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. So if, if love is going to be a central reality, if it's going to be a key ingredient in this series and in our relationships, we need to consider what is it then that we are giving up? If we're going to lay down our lives for others, we, we need to be sure that we have something of value to lay down. We cannot give what we do not have. So how can we author, offer health in our relationships if we're not healthy to begin with? And this is why we want to talk about self-care, about taking care of ourselves today. Now, if you're like me, as soon as you heard the word self-care, uh, you had a lot of ideas and expectations that, that entered your mind. There, there are a lot of different pathways we could go down, things that we, that we probably should go down. And so look, I'm under no illusion that a single talk on self-care is going to be the thing that, that solves everything for you. Because look, we could talk about the value of mentoring, the value of coaching, the value of counseling, the value of therapy. We, we could talk about you know, medication and budgeting and diet and exercise and sleep and, and all of these things, they need to be in the conversation at some point. And, and maybe you need to get in conversation with other people and, and, and try to figure out what are, what are other pathways we should go down. But the lane that, that I want to run in today is by practicing self-care, by putting ourselves in a position to be strengthened by God. Let's, let's zoom out here for a second and get the big picture perspective from the Bible uh, on this topic. Basically, a, a, a second simple truth we hit is this, that ultimate health is experienced in the presence of God. And that 
statement is going to need a lot of defining and, and processing. But look, from, from the Bible's perspective, ultimate well-being is found in God's presence. Ultimate flourishing for humans is connected to God being with us. So, so don't, don't check out here. Try to, try to track with this. The Bible is, is showing us one big story of what, what, is, what is true. It's, it's the story of God. It's not a bunch of scattered principles. It's here's, here's what life is about. Here's how the universe and what it's heading towards. And in the beginning, in the first book of the Bible, in Genesis, we see this experience where the creator God is, is, creates everything we see, creates the universe, and, and there's humans, and they're in a place where they're experiencing maximum pleasure and thriving. Why is that? Because God's presence is there, because God is dwelling with his people. Now, the story starts at a high point, and then it takes sort of a dark turn when, when humanity rebels and, and the system uh, gets broken, and now God's presence is not experienced in the way that it once was. What was good and perfect has now you know, enters into this experience that we're all living today, where there's death and there's disease and there is division, all because of an act that the Bible calls sin. But from that point on in the story, God is at work to once again dwell with humanity, to once again fill the earth with his presence. And this is what's going to bring about ultimate restoration and flourishing, both in our relationships with ourselves and with other people, but most importantly, with God himself. And it's only made possible once Jesus shows up and he's called, as Matthew 1 would point us to, Emmanuel, meaning what? God with us. This is the whole goal of the Christian good news. So by Jesus' sacrificial death, by his rising from the dead, it sets in motion all of these events that are leading towards the end of time when he comes back. And his presence, once again, is, is, is unleashed into the world. God comes to dwell with man. And as we see in the very last book of the Bible, this is what happens. This is what history is heading towards. Ultimate human flourishing is connected to God being with us. So if that is, if that is true, alongside of all these other things that could contribute to our well-being, the Bible is showing us, look, if you, if you really want to be well, you have to see the importance of experiencing the presence of God and receiving from him. So how do we do that? And I want to give us one thing today, one, one simple truth for this, that we can practice self-care by creating slow motion. Today, we're going to talk about the pursuit of personal well-being through developing pockets of slowing down in our routine. This is places where we pause, where we rest, where we're doing something that slows us down to recharge, to refill our cup, so to speak. So let me explain what I mean. If you know me, you know that I enjoy movies. And, what, and something that struck me recently is when filmmakers use slow motion or when, or when you're watching sports highlights and they use slow motion, what they are doing is they're taking a whole bunch of things that are happening at once, slowing it down frame by frame so that you can absorb all of what is going on. Slow motion helps, helps somebody to curate what the audience is paying attention to. So, for example, you know, a couple of summers ago, I'm in a thunderstorm in Alberta, and I set my phone to slow-mo to capture what is going on. And, and as you can see, you know, it goes from what looked like to my own eyes, just a glow, an instant flash of light in the sky, 
all of a sudden becomes in slow motion, I'm able to pay attention and see, wow, it's, it's actually all these rapid bolts, you know, zapping across the sky. This leads me to a fourth simple truth. Creating slow motion controls what we pay attention to. And when it comes to our relationship with God and being filled up in that way, paying attention to God positions us to receive from God. This is, this is why we see in places like Isaiah 26, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. For, for humans, if, when our minds are stayed on him, this, this promise is that there's going to be perfect peace. And, and in the original language in, in Hebrew, this word, this phrase, perfect peace, is, is literally peace, peace, which is a literary idiom to kind of duplicate words for emphasis, which in this case is referring to this all-encompassing, full embrace of wholeness and, and peace, the way that God can offer it through our own resolve and determination to focus and, and trust in him. Doesn't that sound like a good place to start when we're thinking about our own well-being, when we're thinking about taking care of ourselves? See, so much, so much of the panic that I see in, in myself when I get kind of flustered about what's going on in life or when I, when I see us as, as a church maybe you know, feel fearful or anxious or, or worried or whatever it is, it's, it's because amidst all of, of, of what's going on in life, we start focusing on all these storylines, storylines from our experience, storylines from the news, and we, and we easily, and I easily forget, what, what's the main storyline that I'm living in? This is why every time the Bible comes to encourage us and, and, and bring us into you know, focus here, it points us to what's ultimately true, the main storyline amidst all the others. Which is why, you know, speaking of focusing on God and putting our mind, setting it on him, we see a place like Colossians 3, which says, Since then, you've been raised to new life with Christ, raised to life in Jesus. Set your sights, other translations say, set your hearts or set your minds on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. When, when our cup is, is drained by, by the things that we are facing, it is so important that, that we remember, that we bring ourselves back into focus of what is ultimately true. This is why this talk isn't isn't just about prioritizing, you know, me time where we're, we're getting some candles, we're making a bath, we're grabbing a glass of wine, we're, we're hitting the couch with a bag of Doritos, as, as good as those things are to do. Uh, this, it's not about escaping reality. It's about pressing in to the ultimate reality. But here, here's the problem that, that I find, though. Yeah, it sounds great. Okay, set your mind on God, focus on God, you know, do, do all of that. I think that that's really hard right now. I think that that is hard because, and it's getting harder because of the average pace of our lifestyle that we're living. You know, paying attention, it, it's hard to do when our, when our attention is so divided. We're, we're overloaded by anxiety, by change, by choice, by commitments, by, by debt, by disappointment, by our health, by information, by, by uncertainty. Life is noisy. 
I, I saw one study recently that said that the average person sees between 6,000 and 10,000 advertisements per day. So that's a, that's a lot of stuff coming at you. And, and combined with, you know, all of the overload is also our pace. So there's a pace of life that we often live and maybe even feel proud of at times where it's like, I'm always busy. I'm, I've got a lot to do. I've got a lot to get done. And so the idea of slowing down to, to, to be still, to, to slow down and create slow motion to focus on God, it's like, I just don't have time for that. And so there's the, there's the fast pace. But there's also this, I think, this fake fast pace where you, you, you actually aren't managing your time or aware of your time. Like, like I have this desk in my house that's been, that's been cluttered for, for weeks. And I, I see it every day. I walk past it every day and I go, I, I really got to get to that. I really got to make time to organize that. I really got to get to arranging that. And so the other day I, I'm sitting there in the evening and I, and, I, and I noticed that I had spent, I looked at the clock, I had spent a whole hour looking at a single Instagram page, watching videos of sports highlights. And what that reminded me in that moment was, man, it's not, it's not that I don't have time for the desk. It's that I've, I've fooled myself into thinking I'm busier than I actually am. So yes, we have a fast pace. We also have this fake fast pace amidst a culture of just overload with all of these things. Peter Scazzaro, in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, points us to the, the, the necessity for slowing down, saying this, and he says it really well. We are, we are too active for the kind of reflection needed to sustain a life of love with God and others. That sounds like the great commandment. He's saying we're too busy for this. The reason we need to stop and be with God is so that we might create a continual and easy familiarity with God's presence at all times. While working, playing, cooking, taking out the garbage, driving, visiting friends, as well as during worship, prayer, and Bible study. This requires that we slow down to pay attention. Slowing down not just on the weekend when you know, your church is built into your routine. No, when you're doing everything in your week. And, and this is the kind of pace that, that people who follow Jesus should live. This is actually how life was designed. There, there, is, there is a rhythm of, of stop and go, of work and rest, fuel and burn, race and pit stop, sleep and awake. And, and it's what we see in Jesus himself. If he's running our lives, look, look, at, look at how he lives. You, you read places like Luke chapter 5 or, or Mark chapter 1. There's a lot to be done. There's people to heal. There's teaching to give. There's, there's places to travel. There's crowds pressing in around him. But what does he do? He, he does that. He has high output, but he also slows down and creates space for input. We're told he often withdrew to pray. He often slowed down. And it's like he's always praying. He's always getting away so that more than just always running with a cup that is empty, there's a, there's a constant state of coming back and recharging in the presence of a good father who wants to fill us up. I, I'm, I'm reminded that, that for us, if, if Jesus is running our life, we're, we're not thinking about a pace of life that's about busyness or laziness, but it's the pace of the Holy Spirit that Jesus has sent to be our guide, to be our power, to, to, to lead us now. I'm reminded of Galatians 5. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And, I, and I'm increasingly convinced 
that for this point in history, that synchronization with the Spirit requires slow motion. It requires slowing down. And this is one of the ways we can take care of ourselves to access the, the presence of God, to, to receive from God. And this, this really is actually the good news because we have a God who, who sees what we're living in, who sees the things that are draining our life, both good and bad. And, and the thing is, is, we're not trying to avoid drain. Some of it is good, some of it is right, some of it is helpful. But amidst all of that, there's also the need to recharge, to be filled up again. So we, we go back to, we go back to our, our cup. And, and if God, as the, as the source of life, as the ultimate agent of health, wants, wants us to, to flourish, wants us to thrive, not just for our own sake, but for the sake of our relationships, there is something we can do to position ourselves to be poured into, to receive. And I, and I was reminded by this the other day because I tried to fill my three-year-old's bowl full of cereal and it, and it was a mess because, you know, he's, he's moving all over the place and, and it's just getting everywhere. And I think that's, that's for us too. It is really hard for God to fill us up when we're just all over the place. We're, just, we're not slowing down. We've got a pace of life that's just unsustainable. We're too busy. We're, we're on our phone too much. We're scrolling and it's just like, how, how can we be filled up in that state? I think what, what needs to happen, what I want to see myself do more is I want to see more stillness, creating more spaces in my day and in my week to be poured into, to experience the life that God has for us. And when we do this, we're actually accepting a, an invitation that Jesus has for each one of us. Look at how it's put in John chapter 7 where Jesus comes and he says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. And drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Jesus here is, is talking about the Holy Spirit who, who he's going to send. And, and for those who put themselves uh, before Jesus, who come as they are and, and give their lives to him again and again, it's like, look, you're thirsty. I've got something for you. And out of that space, out of that space of, of being filled up, now you've actually got something to offer. Now you're actually going to be able to overflow and pour into others, to pour into your relationships because you actually are healthy. And when we are healthy, we bring health with us. So how can we do this? How can we actually create this, this slow motion and this pace of life where we could put ourselves in the best possible position to receive from God and to experience God with us? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give us a bit of a slow motion menu. Uh, it's stuff that I've been mentored and discipled into, stuff I see in the Bible, stuff that I've found personally helpful. What you might need to do is, is talk with your family, talk with your community group and discuss like, are there other things that are working for you? You might come up with, with more things. You might even come up with better things. But here's just some things to get us started. Uh, let's break it down daily, weekly, and, and maybe we'll even get to yearly. In terms of daily, Let's, let's think about creating slow motion by going to places where it's easy to pay attention. By going to places where, where, where maybe we're unhurried, we're uninterrupted, and it's easy to put our minds on the one to, who's going to give us perfect peace. Where it's easy to set our sights on the realities of heaven, where Jesus is, to be reminded of what is ultimately true. Do you, do you know where those places are in your day? Do you know where those places are even geographically? Like you might need to get outside. You might need to go for a walk. You might need to get on your motorbike. You might need to just go somewhere 
where you where it is easy for you to pay attention. Leave your house. Leave your house without your phone, where you don't have the impulse to to take photos of what you see, to 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 catch up on what you're missing, to to connect with other people. Just just go and 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 just be alone with God. Let let me. Let me share with you what I've what I've been experimenting with on, on a on a daily basis, uh, not perfectly, but but some things that I've found and as I've broke up my day to, between morning, noon, and night. So in the morning, I, I start you know, with 15 minutes, and and it's just praying through where how Jesus teaches us to pray in Matthew chapter six. It's called the Lord's Prayer, and I've and I've been learning about what the Lord's Prayer means, about what how God uses it. And, and in that space where I'm not rushing through it, just taking my time, praying into, I'm, and starting my day from that place has, has really shifted my perspective on what's ahead. And then I usually spend some time in the Bible, maybe going through a reading plan. I've, I've shifted into using a, an actual hard copy Bible because when it's a hard copy, it's a bit different from every other place I go to where I'm, every other place I'm reading, it's on, it's on a screen. So it's not just me scrolling and avoiding notifications. It's like slowing down to be with like the hard copy physical Bible again. And so that's how I start my day, morning. And then noon, creating 15 minutes, maybe part of, of a lunch break to just go get away from the routine and the responsibility and, and just to be honest and tell God, hey, here's what I'm feeling, here's what I'm thinking, here's what I'm stressed about, here's what I'm what I'm heading into. And then just to just to give yourself space to ask God, 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 what are you saying to me? What would you say to me? What have you said in your word that could inform my perspective right now? To set your mind on the one you're trusting and to set your mind on what is ultimately true. And then to carry on with the second half of your day from that position, morning, noon, and then at night, when, when I finally, you know, you know, maybe it's at the end of your day where it's your finished school or your finished work, something that I've been trying when I get free time, and this has maybe been the most uh, helpful thing in the last few months, is to rest before I relax. And I think there's a difference. Rest is, is Jesus-centered. It's, it's, it's about slowing down to pay attention to him before I go and you know crack open that book I want to read or, or hop onto YouTube or, or, or pop onto to Netflix. It's slowing down and, and going to rest before going to relax. Morning, noon, and night. And, and at night, if that's often the time where if it's that 15 minutes, I'm going to take that. And, and if I've got a list of things that I'm praying for, a list of people that I'm praying for, that's when I'll do it. So it's just this daily rhythm of, of wow, like I'm, I'm going and creating some slower motion amidst the pace of, of the life system of this society that allows me to pay attention to God and be poured into as I'm being drained out. So daily, but then also weekly. And this, is, this has been such a, a revolutionary thing for the last three years of my life. And we see this, this principle in the Bible of creating a 24-hour space where we stop. A 24-hour space of rest. A whole day of our week that's devoted and feels different than all the others. The Bible calls this Sabbath. And as we kind of get into that space, it's like we're stopping work. We're, we're not doing what we normally do. And, and we're doing things that, that bring us life. That fill us up. And, and hopefully, primarily, fill us up in the, in the presence of God. So for me, I, I do activities that, that are life-giving. I, I, I put away my phone for that 24 hours. So there's no email, there's no text message, there's no social media. I'm really only available to those I'm physically present with. 
which has actually been a huge gift I've discovered in the in the last like couple weeks here is like when I'm mentally present, where I'm physically present, when I'm in one place at one time, that, that has changed a ton in my relationships, especially my relationships in my, my family with my wife and with my kids. But find, find something to, to fill that space, just set it aside. And then yearly, a really quick thing, that, that I try to practice, and this might be different for you depending on your on your work or whatever, is, is to, to set aside two consecutive weeks to take a break. And if you're able to do this at your work or somehow, um, they, they, there's studies that show that you don't really hit peak vacation mode until day eight. So if, if your whole practice of life is to just you know stack up a bunch of long weekends, that might be good and awesome as, as I've found that as well. But it also might limit you from something you might be missing out on but whatever it is, daily, weekly, yearly, prayerfully consider, talk with others. What are the things we can do to create slow motion and synchronize with God who can, can pour into us? And look, there's, don't expect that there's going to be you know, massive explosions of health every single time you do this. Like, it's not like every Sabbath or every you know, 15 minute chunk in my day just like infuses me and I feel like, man, my cup is full. It's, it's not always about that. It's not about intensity, but it is about consistency. And as we consistently do this, as we, as we create a lifestyle of slowing down to pursue God, to have him pour into us, imagine the impact that that would have, not just on your own personal health, but on the relationships around you, whereby we start to carry a peaceful, a rested presence with us into, into an anxious and fearful life system in our culture. Imagine the impact that could have. This is the invitation that's on the table for us today. Give yourself the gift of slowing down.